Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Um, another game at Belmore, another loss. 17,000 plus there though. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Good, good, Scotty. And uh, it was really great uh, being at Belmore on the weekend. What an event to farewell. One of uh, the club legends, unfortunately, couldn't get the result. Uh, in either grade, and we'll talk about that a bit later. But just to uh, be there for Josh Reynolds um, was really, really enjoyable. Heart, uh, yeah, heartbreaking. Well, you know, tear-jerking scenes at Belmore Sports Ground to start the day, and then also the end of the end of the day to close <laughs> off the whole event as well. Yeah, it was uh, quite an emotional time in between games. Uh, Reynolds on the field uh, talking to the crowd about. His career, what it meant to be a Bulldog, um, very similar to the press conference, I suppose, from earlier in the week, but um, you know, hearing the voice break up mm. you know, live, yeah. in person type deal, um, it's quite sad. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing event to be a part of um, for the members. Massive crowd for a suburban venue, over 17,000, like you said, Scotty, so glad the fans turned out. Uh, as they always do, uh, but in particular for Joshy Reynolds and celebrate Joshy Reynolds's career. Uh, but uh, like you said, Scotty, it's a bit of a disappointing loss, actually. Hey, 44 to 24, the Broncos beat the Bulldogs. Uh, was the final score in the NRL. I think the most disappointing part, though, was um, we went toe to toe with them in the first half, and if it wasn't for some bad, very terrible defensive uh, efforts. Um, Broncos could have been there for the take. Yeah, no, the Broncos had a definitely had a weaker side uh, this week, um, and was there like you know, no Paddy Carrigan, Reese Walsh serving him one more was servicing servicing his last week of suspension. Um, just to name a couple of the outs for the Brisbane Broncos, um, going toe to toe with them, and it was good to actually see Cameron Serrato actually get a bit heated in the press conference. He was uh, described Tavita Pengai Junior's offload as. What would he describe it with? Amateurish. Amateurish. That's he actually used the word amateurish three times in the press conference talking about the uh, performance. So yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some that, there's some schoolboy errors in like to Pengo Junior. I don't think you nine times out of ten you never offload off the first hit up off the off the kickoff. Yeah. Like, you don't go you into don't. the tackle. No, no, nine times out of ten. Ten times you, out of ten. Just run. <laughs> yeah, you pass it before. If you're gonna do a shift, you shift it before you make contact. Yeah. To catch them off guard, or the only time I could see if you break the actual defense and you get to the 30 meter line or something, or the 40 meter line, mm. if you break straight through, then the offload idea comes because you're not doing it on your own goal line, led straight to points. Um, mm. but a couple of tries from dummy half that's yeah, both, that's both not even... dummy half will normally call a barge over tries, but they were. Fall over tries. So both those tries, uh, we let in two tries from errors we made off restarts. Uh, that was one that you highlighted. So there's 24 points right there. Yeah, um, even um, it felt like Broncos at one stage in the first half. I don't know if we hear you feeling, but I was feeling we were getting down out the end ourselves. No piggybacks, no nothing. We were just doing it ourselves and scoring points. Felt like the hmm. Broncos tackle four or tackle three, penalty, kick, bang, try. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to not blame the referee at all um, in any remarks there, but it's like we give away penalty. We're not a good enough side 
to give away penalties. I remember the Roosters a few years ago, very good defending side. They would back themselves to give away a penalty. That didn't really phase them too much. We're not that side. We're not that great of a defending side to give away penalties to go, let's make another six more tackles, make nine or ten tackles straight. We, we won't do it. So, yeah. But we've given away penalties or six six again and then felt like, yep, try Broncos, where it felt like we had to get up there ourselves. So I feel like we're doing better at some stages in our attack in the first half. Yeah, I agree with both those points. Um, you're right. If we give a team a repeat set, in any way, at the moment, we're not resilient enough in defence to be able to stop them scoring, um, especially a team in the top four. Uh, however, I felt, I agree with your other point you made there too, the Broncos' tries were, the first half, quite, yeah. the first half were quite soft. There was some in the second half as well, but in particular the first half, uh, we let in quite soft tries, and our tries at the other end of the field were quite organised and um, look like we were breaking down the Warriors, uh, the Broncos' defense. Sorry, yeah, where the Warriors came from there. But yeah, it looked like we were breaking <laughs> down, stuff. breaking down the Broncos' defense, and we were almost like still structured. They were towards a game plan, mm-hmm. and you had the feeling that if we could just tighten up that defense, uh, we're really in this game against the top four side. Um, but the tightening up of the defence just <laughs> it never arrived. Even some of the tries on the edges were just uh, like good line running by the second row of the Broncos, but it was disappointing that not more um, backbone and defence was was put up to to stop them running through and scoring what looked like pretty easy, well, um, pretty easy points. We go into the break at halftime. Is it twenty two eighteen, twenty four eighteen? Yeah, yeah. A try down and a half back out. Um, is that when the game was lost? When Toby yeah, Sexton well, got copped at elbow, then a followed up with a knee. Seconds, yeah. Or even under a second later, just bang, bang. Possibly. It, there was a... How would you... I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it. The Toby Sexton, when he's on and then after his injury, there was a visible difference in the structure of our attack. Mm, for sure. We we lost a lot when Sexton went off. Uh, but in saying that, you know, I think Serrano's made this point uh, as well. Losing your halfback doesn't um, excuse those defensive well, errors. Those defensive yeah, that's true. But also, when you have a halfback, it's Kyle Flanagan, who sits on the interchange bench. Yeah. And then you also have New Brown, who was activated due to the uh, sin pinning. Gobbo. Um, was able to activate New Brown after Sexton was ruled out and failed his HIA, which put New Brown straight into the game. And on he went pretty relatively early in the second half. So you had to, yes, New Brown's a utility, but you know he came in as a five-eight then into the grade, and then you've also got half Flanagan. Not many teams have a halfback. No, it looked and you interchange bench. It was lucky that we had those options on the bench, I suppose, but also. I think it really highlighted that um, Kyle Flanagan in, in halfback doesn't really fit in with the way we play, mm. the Bulldog style. No, that's um, Not all that's halfbacks good. are the same, and some halfbacks play better in different systems or structures and, and that sort of thing. Um, but on the weekend, it was quite clear, like Sexton was playing within that structure, within that system, within that game plan and having quite an effect on the Broncos defence, and then when Flanagan went in there, uh, we've been massive fans of Flanagan, so it's not a knock on Flanagan, um, 
just the style of player he is at halfback. We lost a lot of that. I think that was, that is, was quite clear. Is it crazy, though, to already think Toby Sexton, who's been here for a week and a half or from the game starting, he yeah. pretty much flies to a core stadium. In 100 minutes. <laughs> yeah. He practically flies to a core stadium mm. um, to play South and starts against South Sydney. I tell you what, if Toby continued the way he was playing against Brisbane, I might spoil this for some people, but he might have polled in our our votes. Like it could have been the Cobo's elbow knee combo has mm. knocked him off a point. And you know, Toby now and now he's out this week. He might right. be thinking he's a, a a dark horse for that Bulldog fan podcast of the year um, because he's polled <laughs> already. Um, he could have polled again if he played another 10 or 20 you, minutes. I think you'd need bonus points in a lot of games to, uh, to challenge. I'm saying he he was on his way. I'm I'll sure tell you he was, what. He was on I his was, way for points. While I was speaking about uh, Toby Sexton, there's a few T-bone chants coming from the <laughs> from the crowd. There was, there was people behind us at Belmore. I was going to say the Bay, but I can't even actually remember what the Bay is. I just kind of just remember where our seats are. Just yeah. Go there. A man behind us said T-Bone replied with, who? Toby Sexton. And then he goes, I like that. T-Bone it is. So I've won another two or three people over. Um, now he's off for the week. But I really think we could be a thing next year. He could be a, a cult hero. Yeah, we're going to set up the T-Bone army for sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, buy a turtle woolies, get some T-Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a T-Bone on the barbie. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on. Um, another disappointing thing, Scotty. I felt like 40 to 24. Game was winding down. We got that last try in a few few moments, a bit three minutes out from full time. Now, score was 40 to 24. And you don't like the opposition having 40 points, but that's a 16-point difference. I was thinking, you know what? If the game ends that way, that's probably a fair indication of where the game was at. Yeah. Of where the game was at, it would have been really good and positive for where we're at as a as a NRL side to finish that game off in that fashion. Unfortunately, um, letting the Broncos score two minutes later really took away from that. Well, can I just tip my hat off to Corey Waddell for his try? I've really felt like that was a very bulldoggy moment for Corey Waddell. Uh, so he's had some good, like that try in the Dragons this year where he kicked for himself, and nobody yeah. saw that coming. But that try... The thing about Corey is that uh, he's all effort, isn't he? Yeah, but so, that's what I'm saying. Like, that effort for that try... Yeah, he was not letting that go. Like that was pure determination in that in that situation where you you know you wouldn't blame the player like the game's lost. There was no way we're winning, but he still made sure like you know got the try. And I thought, and I think I might have said it to you after the try was scored. Was this is awesome? We're going to finish on a high. At least that's something for Josh Reynolds to send off. We will have the last try, yeah. the last life. And then Jade Nockenball probably pulls out his career. If you could summarize Jade Nockenball's career in one play. And what it's been like follows yeah. up with a sitter of a, a drop. It was should have been taken at any level. I think mm. some people who've had about twelve beers on the hill would have taken those ones still, and it was just dropped. There was nothing unusual about the kick. Or it to be a former winger as well is quite disappointing. Um, yeah, there's, but there's nothing unusual about the kick. There was no like it's not a Clark felt. Remember when Clark felt and Pat, Patty Richards were letting them launch. Mm. off the kickoff and, and they were dragging him back and forth and then you kind of got spun out or thing. It was straight on the chest. It was didn't have to move. It was almost like it was too easy for Jaden. And he dropped it. Like, he might have just 
taking that one second look away because it was that in the breadbasket. Definitely and, a concentration error yeah, of that. So um, disappointing because lots of concentration effort uh, errors from from the ball at the moment. There's a lot of good. There's some good things he's done this year, especially in the forwards back row. I think more, but he just has that moment, and then the Broncos score. And we couldn't even get the last try. And I thought, I have at least, you know, when we walk out, we've got the last try. It's put a bit, a bit of a damp on the Broncos as well. Like, you know, not like, but, you know, it's something like the thing for Joshy Reynolds. It's like Corey Waddell was determined to have Joshy Reynolds see something, you know. Be, the thing the about pump. Corey Waddell is that a lot of people uh, criticise him for some errors that, he makes it wrong at really crucial times, or feels like crucial times. Um, some missed tackles, some things like that. But if you look at effort areas, errors, effort areas of the game, he's always high up there. He's always high to tackle count, takes lots of runs. Uh, he's really working his ass off, and that try was a was an effort try for sure. However, yeah. uh, credit where credit's due, the Broncos won 44 to. 24. Um, and Adam Reynolds on the day was just too good. Uh, watching when I watched the KO mini of the game as I normally do, and um, I think obviously Reynolds had a good game anyway. Adam Reynolds, that is. Um, but that that watching that mini really highlighted to me exactly how well, how good of a day Reynolds had. Mm, the Reynolds shant went up, and Adam was very excited, but then he realized it was for Joshy instead of. Himself, but can I before we go into points and stuff? Credits to the Broncos, uh, who were out for warm up when Joshy was started, like he's I suppose his first lap before the official lap of honor after a full time of the NRL game. Um, the likes of Paddy Garrigan and Adam Reynolds making sure he went over to Josh Reynolds and gave him a handshake after the New South Cup game. And Paddy Garrigan was there on the field at um, the NRL warm up, even though he wasn't there, was there clapping. Josh Reynolds, when he's walking off the field for New South Cup, um, there's little moments of respect from the opposition, and sometimes I don't know, the, the battle's there, but the respect for the Broncos and then the Broncos and also North Sydney Bears. After North Sydney Bears stayed back for a long time, they got a very good win as well. But they stayed back to make sure they paid their respects to Joshy, and the Broncos did the same as well. Yeah, so after the NRL the Brisbane Broncos stayed on the field for a long time. Yeah, their but also even the warm-ups. The players walking past yeah. Josh when he was doing the media, like he was getting a clap, a handshake. A... Yeah, like... and the Bruce, Brisbane uh, fans as well, the small amount of Broncos fans that were there, uh, showed great respect for for uh, Josh Reynolds as well. So, yeah. so I just tip my head off to both the opposition yeah. teams and fans who were there. That's right. Credit to North City Bears, the Brisbane Broncos, and the Brisbane Broncos fans. Perfect. All right. Uh, Player of the Year awards. Uh, let's go with our number one, Scotty. Yeah, I've got number one uh, to the number one. Jay Gavarello. Um, two tries. Very determined. He's going to look weird in the Dolphins. The more I watch it at Belmore and watching him score, um, yeah. and how excited. He just looks like a bulldog, and now it's... A lot, of, in, a lot in, of fans have their nose out of joint over losing Jake Amarillo. Um, it's upsetting enough when he was playing centre. But he's really shown his value as a fullback. He's made a huge difference to the team overall since shifting there. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fans aren't happy with losing Jake Amarillo um, to the Dolphins or to anyone. 
um, particularly for players that might be a little bit of untested next year. So mm. you can see it everywhere. I need to look hard to find that opinion. Yeah, and well said. <laughs> okay, you're number one. Yeah, so I went with... Um, A fan favourite, is it? Well, with my number two and my points and my one point, um, I didn't look at stats at all for this one, but I did get a stat to sort of uh, just back it up. But my number one, Jacob Carraz, I went for. Um, so he didn't get the double... Didn't get the double that uh, Avarillo got, and yeah, he was playing centre. Um, my two, the two players I picked, I just went on the eye test, Scotty, the good old eye test, who had the who had a big impact. Yeah. And um, but yeah, like I said, the stat I pulled to, to sort of back that up was Jacob Carraz, 22 runs, 230 metres, playing in centre. Uh, incredible uh, effort. And as I said, the eye test, just sitting there watching it see how much of a, a big big part of that he was and i think he might have might sound funny uh he could probably play both positions equally as good but he looked very comfortable at center it might be his home yeah it might and, be um, his best position looks like now he's not injured anymore as well looks like he's not carrying yeah. that that knee injury which uh i think probably looked good he's probably looked really good in the last two weeks in particular yeah in, so in regards to the injury yeah, so really freed up in the centre. I think that's... I agree. I mean, it's only one game, but I feel like that'd be a home for him, I think. Well, I don't think it will work out that way just because of the players that we've got coming next year with uh, Crichton and Cherry. Uh, I think he will will end up on the wing, um, but he looked, yeah, very comfortable at centre. Imagine he pushes Crichton the wing. That'd be something. The origin centre onto the wing. Oh, you never know. We think he... Um, Crichton will play, Stephen Crichton will play centre next year, but he might play fullback, who knows? Is Blake Taft coming? Uh, we try to stay away from the rumours a little bit, and uh, that's why we don't oh. mention that sort of stuff, but that's one that sort of uh, would have my support. Anyway, let's uh, wrap this part up, Scotty, with our player of the match, and I will re- will reveal that's the same player. It is the same so, player. Two points for you, two points for me, and a bonus point, so this player gets five points. Uh to the uh, Player of the Year awards, which is going to make a huge difference, and that player is Jacob Preston. Good old Jacob Preston. How um, I reckon this is now when you do the ladder in a second. Um, again, this is the eye test for me yep. as well. But when you do that ladder in a second, um, I think it's going to be a true reflection now because I reckon there's been some games where he's played absolute blinders, and I've highlighted him. Multiple times saying he could have got a point here, could have got a point he's there. He's the third best player. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know. You, I think I've even said I couldn't argue if anyone put him on two points, but yeah, I'm going with these two players even. Like, you know, to say, like, I'm yeah. not going to argue with you if you're going to put him up there, but I've decided to go this way instead, right? Well, um, and I finally go, why isn't he up there? Because like, in my opinion, if you take away our point system and you go, who's been our best player? If he wins the Bulldogs Player of the Year award at the end of the season, yeah, would there be any arguments? No. At, the, at this well, current point, if the season ended today, Put it this way, if we were doing the points, every player got 1 to 10 for every game, he's probably run away first. Yeah, that's a good right? way to put it. So yeah. if, if it was under that point system, it's probably a, a run away at first position. He has moved from 6 to 2nd, uh, but before I uh, do the full list, he's got to be Rookie of the Year, right? Earlier in the year, you called it way earlier in the year. I thought maybe you're going off a tad early. Um and normally, rookie of the year will go to some outside back who's flashy and that sort of stuff. None come to 
mine as far as rookies go. But to come into the forward pack of an NRL team in your first ever season uh, and just look like you've been there for five years, look like you belong, dominate in that position in a team that's in the bottom four and has been in the bottom four for quite a long time, uh, he's got to be a 12, 15-year player. He's yeah, got no. the right attitude to do that as well. Um, I think, hands down, he has to be on um, in the fair dinkum department. <laughs> it has to be Jacob Preston as Rookie of the Year. Yeah, sure. and I'm, I want to say as well, like, great attitude, great, great everything. Start of the year, we're actually mind back to the trials, week one. I was wearing jersey 20-something. Might have been 22 played very little game time and killed it against the Raiders in that trial. And there's that indication that, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell, but usually that indicates that he's not in the starting 17. Mm -hmm. Then he gets put into the starting 17 against Cronulla and does well in the loss. Did his trial form get him in there or was it a plan to ease him without putting the news stories that he was going to play and try to keep it hush-hush. I don't know, because it looks like from an outsider looking in after week one of the trials that he wasn't in the best 17 or what was to be fought as the best 17. Yeah, I'd then say probably, probably a combination. Flash forward three weeks later, he's just starting second row. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the acceleration, and we were calling at the start of the when we were putting the teams together. I made the call that he will play 10 games. This year, 10 to 12 games. He'll come in, cover a lot of injuries, the back row and the forward pack, and I'll shift people around for it to have him because he'd be like your first forward in. Yeah. If you had to push like Raymond Fatalamana up so he could play to cover things, that's what they were trying to do. And that's why I said that he'll end up with 10 games. And you said, oh, if he ends up with four or five for the debut season, he would take that. And I said, I'm sure he would yeah. take that. He just doesn't miss a game. Uh, he, he I thought biggest... New South Cup, I thought he would have been a feature in the Cup like finals this year. He's not, gonna be able to, he's not eligible. Fingers crossed that continues and he doesn't get hurt. Um, but he's not eligible. And if he doesn't get um, injured throughout his career, he'll definitely be a 12 to 15 year NRL player. And hopefully all that's at the Bulldogs. Anyway, the player of the year award ladder now looks like this. Max King is still in first spot on 13 points. In second, Jacob Preston on 12. In third, Jake Avarillo on 11. Matt Burden next on 10 points. And then after that, we've got Josh Adekar and Jacob Karaz on nine points each. So that's the top five there. Six players in the top five. Um, interesting bit of news that I saw earlier today, Scotty. The Bulldogs coaching staff took no part in the video re- the video review of the Bulldogs' latest loss against the Broncos. The playing group uh, has now vowed to take responsibility for a poor stretch of four. One win in the last six games. Interesting little development there. Yeah, no, it's sometimes a good thing that the the, the players hang out. It would be interesting to see how that came across. It was a, a club captain call by Roman Fatale Mariner. Yeah, was I like the idea of uh, changing it up and trying something different going that way. So very, very good to see from that perspective. I do hope the coaching staff had their pay docked for today, though, because uh, you should only get paid for your performance. And if you're not going to do your job, no money for you for sure. <laughs> That's a good way to save money. Money <laughs> have been paid too much the last few weeks. Oh, jeez, it's uh, 
How good's that? I need to find a job where I can tell someone else to do it. <laughs> but like, no, in all seriousness, um, I think it's a good move. It's uh, just a, a different way and a funny way to look at it. Uh, we have to laugh in a season or seasons of um, disappointing results. Um, also, Scotty, something I noticed during the week, the kennel on YouTube, on the Kennery Based Bulldogs page, the kennel, episode six and episode seven is now out. Um, so if you remember, the kennel was a bit of a documentary series in the off season. Um, they've got episode five, oh, sorry, six and seven, I believe, out now. Uh, I watched those yesterday, back to back. Uh, not really following on from the lead into the into the um, into the season, obviously, because we're towards the end. One episode focuses on it's called Real Talk, and it focuses on the mental side of being an NRL player. So some great insights there from Jacob. Uh, Jaden Lockenball, uh, Franklin Pele, and I think uh, Curtis Morin. Uh, and any player, or anybody, by the way, sending death threats to players for any reason, uh, piss off. Uh, if you're one of those people listening to this, you can stop listening right now. Um, ridiculous. There's no excuse for that, regardless of what happens on the field. Uh, but that that's highlighted in the real talk. Really uh, interesting watch but the thing i wanted to highlight scott was one of the episodes uh focused on fiji so the ron massey cup team uh for people that don't know played an away game against the kaviki silk tails uh in in fiji loved it so much that they they moved their home game later in the season against uh, the kaviki silk tails back to fiji um so that's one connection of the bulldogs uh being in fiji but also the Viliami kikau academy I think it's called, has been launched in Fiji with help of the Bulldogs. And I think it's called Fiji Sport or whatever the government organisation for sport is in Fiji uh, to get more kids uh, aged 14, 15, 16 for rugby league ball in their hand and developing the sport of rugby league uh, in a professional way, a professional pathway in Fiji so they could stay in Fiji for longer before having to come try their hand at professional rugby league in Australia. It's amazing. If you're interested in any sort of rugby league development or pathways or what the club's doing outside of just the NRL team, definitely worth a watch. No, well, well, I'm not going to give that a watch. Uh, good advertisement. <laughs> Wait, it's not an advertisement. I just enjoyed watching it, so uh, sharing it here. Uh, Real Talk was a really good episode too. Um, I think Real Talk goes for about nine minutes and the Fiji episode goes for about 17, but feels like they both run for about three minutes. Yeah, yeah I was so immersed, good. it goes really quickly. Uh, fantastic. Whoever's behind that at the moment, by the way, if you're listening, well done on the uh, output on. Hey, come on the YouTube. podcast and tell us. Yeah, yeah. It'll if you want to. to see the people in the office, uh, you know, the social media or whatever, the content team, I guess. Content might be the word. Uh, yeah. Putting it together, if there's a head there or someone who's like really behind it or driving that project. Yeah, absolutely. It's def- there's definitely been a change in it this year, and it's it's doing some really good things. Uh, really enjoying, especially the YouTube stuff this year. Fantastic, mm. fantastic stuff. Okay, uh, the other game at Belmont, Scotty Bulldogs lost to the Bears, thirty points to six. It was a first versus second, with us being first uh, matchup. Did not play out that way. The Bears were all over the Bulldogs, completely dominant. Uh, unfortunately, uh, sad way to. Josh Reynolds did get the fairy tale win at the end, um, and probably a little bit concerning for the Bulldogs in the cup level uh, heading into the finals. 
Very concerning. I'm very disappointed. This is um, a game that you told me 56 was a scoreline. I think 99 out of 100 people just said Bulldogs win and send Josh Reynolds out as a, a hero and have that game. The, the biggest concern for the Lusos Cup season list at the moment is we've always said that once every four, four or five weeks or six weeks, we have an off game, completely off game in the Cup. That seems to be happening a bit more regularly now. Mm, uh, in Cup, so it is, it's quite big rules earlier. Um, quite concerning. We already counted the trophy in the cabinet, Scotty, me and you earlier this year. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Cup, and uh, it seems to be slipping. So it's you know, what concerning thing about me is that not that the fact that they lost. I mean, which would have been bad enough as it was if the Bears were just Bears were good and Bears came and they were there for the job. They didn't worry about the Josh Reynolds thing. I don't think yeah. they played the man. They very, were very professional. <laughs> Um, of course, like led by Jason Taylor, um, I'd expect nothing less. But for the players not to lift, nice guy JT yeah. too, by the way. I met him a few times. Very, very lovely. Yeah, he's a good bloke. Uh, for them not to lift for Josh Reynolds, if I was on the field, I would have killed myself for him or put myself on the line for him. Not, but the thing, some of those players, and it's particularly the ones in the top thirty who were in the Nationals Cup, yeah. they just don't look in the mirror and see if they actually want to be a Bulldogs player. Because if they couldn't lift, there were some efforts by some of the top 30 players that were just absolute disgraceful for them to being trying to be an NRL player to, to get started. And then for them to be... Um, for that for Josh Reynolds. The scenes, they had him talking in the sheds. If they didn't rev anyone up, hmm. you should be looking at another club. Dead set. It's, that was embarrassing. Yeah. The way they lost it. They lost it. Felt like we just completely dominated all yeah. facets of the game, and it just was disgraceful. And I, I was embarrassed uh, for Josh Reynolds to have that as he dished up his last game. And again, he was someone who tried. He got the intercept. It's quite uh yeah, it was quite disappointing. The highlight was the intercept and the big cheer from the yeah. sizable crowd. Um, Probably just can't clarify. We don't want anyone killing themselves over a football game, but uh, oh, no. it, it was extremely, um, yeah, it was extremely disappointing. And yeah, if I, I was just... in those, you're right. It's uh, if you were in those shoes, you'd probably be very embarrassed. Uh, get to make up for it next week. Hopefully, we're up against the Penrith Panthers, who are coming seventh uh, out at Penrith. So Penrith have dropped away in the Lusos Cup. Um, so they'll be looking for a win, and they're going to obviously having. Well, Five players back in the top grade. I know it's kind of yeah. The NRL team back at full strength, so the Source Cup team may be pushing for a big push towards the end of the season in that level. Uh, Jersey flag last week, Scotty had the bye, so we're currently sitting in second position still uh, after that bye. Again, we play the Penrith Panthers um, out at Penrith this weekend. Penrith Panthers are coming third in the Jersey flag. We are second, so possible grand final. Yeah, possible very vital top of the table clash there. Uh, to go across the border into Queensland, uh, the Western Clydesdales travelled to Townsville and lost 42 points to 12, currently in 13th position. Being chased down by 14th now, though, only two points in front of the Mackay Cutters, and the next week's home game, uh, next week is a home game against the Central Queensland Capras. So hopefully the Clydesdales can turn that one around. Speaking about next weekend, the NRL, Scotty, up against Penrith and Penrith. Up against Penrith and Penrith with all the stars returning. 
yeah, it's it hasn't worked out well for us. <laughs> no, nothing does. But I suppose we could say tongue in cheek. I reckon the most informed halfback in the competition, Jack Cogger, is out. He's yeah. been playing really well. Uh, he has been playing ridiculously Placed well. Placed by a possible immortal. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that he's... Uh, Jack Cogger's a smoky for halfback of the year at the end of the season, the way he was going, the way he was playing. Um, no, no but... Toby Sexton has it. Is it wrapped up? Well, them two are competing against <laughs> each other uh, very strongly, but yeah, it's going to be good. it's going to be a hard afternoon I'm sh- at Penrith. I'm sure. Um, hopefully, the Bulldogs players are able to put in a performance that we can be proud of. Uh, Bulldogs are eleven dollars for this game. That's as long as odds I've seen for a Bulldogs game uh, for two a while. years ago. Well, Twenty one yeah. against the Panthers. That was that was a while. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but it was a weird, that funny TikTok. <laughs> so not a lot of uh, hope going into this game. Uh, you've already no, mentioned but... the players are back. Dylan Edwards, of course, is just uh, he doesn't have a drop in form in any way, does he? No, he's by far. It's like point five percent better every week. I like think... it's not this massive jump out of this massive oh oh my goodness did you see Dylan Edwards how good was that he just but he just consistently great but I was going to say if you look at um Panthers and think of their best player and people go Cleary and Norway and Brian Toto oh, the, they're the character players or especially the Norway mm. and Toto like they're very much character and all that I think by far and oh, not by far but their best player is Dylan Edwards out right just him. Mm. I reckon he's their best player. They missed. I reckon they miss the most when he's out compared to the other ones. I I feel like Colby can kind of come in and play a role like Sean Sutherland did. Yeah. I'm not taking away from anyone, but I just think Edwards at this current point in the way the Penrith look is a huge loss. The other ones seem to be able to be replaced. Yeah, he doesn't seem to get injured either. But knowing Penrith, oh, he was to was to be injured. I'm sure. Taruva would go there and play just as well at I the moment. I think Peachy would go there and play as well. Or, Possibly. Or as a, at a standard. Yeah. Okay, so those players coming back for Penrith. Uh, Stephen Crichton will play against his uh, future team for the hopefully last time. <laughs> um, but we'll go through the team lineup, and then there's been some news as well about this. Uh, we've named Jake Avarillo at fullback. Uh, Blake Wilson on the wing with Earl Skelton. So Josh Adekar uh, still out with that injury. Karaz and Alamotti returns in the centre, in the centre position. So Alamotti gets another chance to show what he can do at the NRL level. Matt Burton, Kyle Flanagan in the halves. Forwards, Max King, Reed Marnie, Raymond Patala-Mariner, Jackson Torpenny and Jacob Preston in the second row with Corey Waddell at lock. Uh, the bench, uh, Harrison Edwards. Uh, and I'm not trying to be negative at all, but that's a, probably a player I wouldn't have there at this stage. Curtis Morin, to be the pen guy junior, who really needs to make up for some poor decisions last week. And Jaden Ockenbaugh, the reserves are Samuel Hughes, Hayes Perham, Chris Patolo, Josh Adakar, so perhaps a smoky, but very unlikely. And Billy Army kick out in Jersey 23, but it seems to be in the newspapers that Kikau will play. Well, also, Matt Burton uh, almost confirmed Adekar's in. Oh, so there we he's go. Running around, he's running around fully fit and said he's really excited to come in this week. And then when asked, is he back? He said, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> so, I, didn't see, I didn't see that. I saw the Matt Burton press conference. I didn't 
fear that. Maybe yes, I'll, so I think I'll yellow cards in. But it, if they're in, let's play mm. the coach game. This is 23. You, how do you put Kikau in? Yeah. And how do you put Adokar in? I mean, they're both definitely st- like in the 17, obviously, if they're available. Oh, I'm playing coach? Yeah, you, you play coach. Oh, I'll sorry. Coach. Yep. Okay. Uh, having a look at the team, I would remove Paul Alamotti. I'd put Jarrell Skelton into centre and have Adokar in a wing. Yep. And then That's how I'd do that. And then Villarmi would come onto the bench for me. Uh, and I would replace, I would, uh, ooh, I would take, ooh, difficult. I'd probably replace Jada Lockenball. Be a okay. toss-up between Harrison Edwards and Jada Lockenball for me. Probably go with Jada Lockenball purely because that gives us two bigger middles on the bench, Edwards and Pengai. Junior, I know Moran's a middle as well, but he's a bit of a smaller stature. So that's probably how I go. Yep. Ogunbor out for Kikau, and then Adokar in for Alamotti with uh, Skelton going to centre. Well, the, the reason I played that game because I was going to see if there was going to be any difference because I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe Adokar will come in for Skelton straight in. And mm. I believe... Uh, I believe Skelton's a better centre than Wigger. I've watched him a lot in this World's Cup in particular for us. Um, he's got the body to, you know, make those big runs out of the backfield at wing, but um, I like him as a centre. Yeah, but I also think um, if Kickout comes in, I think I would like to see Kickout off the bench um, just because the the extended length. Yeah, you can't put him straight in, surely. Um, I think, for whatever reason, either coming for Jackson Topini. <laughs> even the shuffle or sure, he, he would come in for Harrison Edwards yeah yeah look I wouldn't I wouldn't be against him coming in for Harrison Edwards uh, and he's had a long layoff no football at all so um, for that reason I'd have him on the bench probably like 30 minutes or something would be what you're trying to pull out of really army yeah. well even if you were to put him on um, 10 minutes before half time if he if his fitness stayed up to it, he finished off the game, that would be a massive win. Yeah, well, that would be a good 50. Yeah, absolutely. So if he's playing the majority of the minutes put off the bench, um, I think that would be a, ma- a massive win after having, what, four or five months off? Mm. <laughs> All righty. Is there anything, any news, Scotty, or any topics that you wanted to bring up this week that I haven't already touched on? No, you did well. Well, I thought this was going to be a bit of a longer episode, but it turns out it's a bit of a one of the quicker ones. So um, thank you Funny for listening. Hey? Funny how that works sometimes. We sometimes come in with three dot points and then go for two hours, and then <laughs> 10 and it takes us 40 minutes. Yep. Uh, okay, so enjoy the 40. The NRLW starting this week. I'm really excited for that, even though we don't have a team uh, yet, uh, but really excited for that to start and watch the women play. Um, quality games of football. It's going to be really exciting. Yep, and uh, who knows? Hopefully a miracle happens on Sunday. Bulldogs maybe beat the Panthers. How good would that be? Mm-hmm.